Hey guys, before we get into this episode, I just want to give you a quick warning. Uh, my audio was messed up. Uh, we didn't catch it until it was way too late for uh, for another attempt, so I'm sorry, but uh, bear with us. Sounds like uh, I'm a little bit muffled in this one, but I think it's still still listenable, so enjoy. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to Entropy Pod Podcast. We're your hosts, Brian Crum and Aaron Wright. Brian, how you doing today? I am absolutely wonderful. How are you, Brian? I'm doing well, and I'm glad you're doing well. And I know why, but it's a secret we won't tell our audience <laughs> until later. Totally exciting! So happy for you. Hey, I heard from a reliable source that you think the text is in Italy. Is that true? Yes, the the texts are in Italy. Which, there's which multiple. Texts? Okay. Um, all of them. Are these like are these like <laughs> hidden or lost Trump texts? Yes. Akin to uh, Hillary's there's, emails. There's, there's also there's also uh, so a the couple Italian tapes. government is what you know, helped. Do you him. remember the P tapes? The P tapes. Yeah, that's in one of those texts. Okay. Yeah. So so the P tapes. Brian is referencing Trump. Uh, having prostitutes pee on the bed Obama slept in in uh, some fancy hotel in Russia. Turns out in Italy, the texts are there. We have the uh, the secrets hidden under the basement of the Vatican, like the uh, Da Vinci Code. Yes. But also known as now the Trump Code, where the secret texts are that reveal, much like Hillary's emails, all of Trump's dirty schemes and plots um, in league with the Russians and the Italians to steal the election from under her toes. And Brian knows about these texts in Italy. Brian, what's your source for these texts in Italy? I can't tell you, but uh, we may have them on the show at some point. Uh, no, okay, so Brian forgot. He did tell me the source was Epstein. Um, now Epstein's dead uh, because Brian killed him in his cell with his own hands. Yeah, but I thought you knew about this new technology we have. What's the new technology? We, we probably shouldn't talk about it, okay. but basically yeah. we can talk to Epstein. We can talk to Epstein. We can talk still. to Epstein. That's true. That's true. The new technology, uh, also uh, known by an old phrase, old word, old coin turn of phrase called necromancy. Yes. So Brian likes to not only uh, kill people and uh, eat them when it serves his, uh, you know, cannibalistic appetites like his friend Max in the Arctic, but he also likes to speak with the dead, um, reminding them that they are still loved and cared for even as they are being digested by his uh, stomach acid, Brian. That's a very gross thing you do, but I think necromancy is cool. We should do that more often. So when are we going to have Epstein on the show? Uh, eh, give it a year. Why are we starting with him? Why don't we start with someone else? Who like, do you want to talk to? I mean, anybody who's been, like, dead, but they were, like, supposed to be influential or yeah, something. Yeah, but, like, don't you want to know, like, how they're going to bring Satan to Earth? Okay, I kind of do want to know <laughs> how they were going to do that. Um, I want to know the texts in Italy. Okay, welcome to Entropy Pod. We are so happy you're here. We're going to reveal all the Earth's dirty secrets for you. But before we do that, a, uh, a word about the outline for today's episode. We're going to talk about the Taliban. We are, we are, uh, specifically how we are um, <clears throat> friends with them now, apparently. Well, no, not friends, best of friends, BFFs, and we're also going to talk about the Democratic debate. Now, am I calling the Democrats the Taliban, or am I saying that they're any in any way the same? Yes, the Democrats are worse than the Taliban. Okay, um, <laughs> also, oh, well, you might want to just title the episode All the Crazy, because it was pretty crazy of... Trump to apparently have the idea to invite the Taliban to Camp David and have some sort of peace talk. 
Was that crazy? Maybe. Um, and the Democratic debate is also crazy. Are they equally crazy? Um, they're crazy in their own special, unique ways uh, because God loves us all for who we are. Uh, Trump's crazy and Democratic debate crazy. All loved by God, right, Brian? <laughs> right. Brian really resonates with that. Actually, no. Uh, God doesn't love the crazy um, <laughs> from the Christian perspective. But we're going to talk about it. So, Brian... Tell me, what, what's wrong with inviting the Taliban to Camp David right around, you know, the time when Trump did and, you know, in the way he did? What's, I don't understand what's wrong. What's the big deal, Brian? You know, I don't know. I was totally fine with it. Yeah, it's because no, you're... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, freaking Muslim. That's what it is. <laughs> no. You support uh, radical Islamic terrorism, Brian. You want to... You, that makes for some good podcasting. Whenever I bang the table, they know I'm serious. Yes. Uh, no. So the problem is obviously that um, they are Muslims. Uh, yeah. Dirty. Yeah, they're, they're they're Muslims. Brown. No. So they're terrorists. Oh. Oh, the Taliban are terrorists. I thought we didn't like them because they were dirty and brown and Muslim. I mean that too. That too. Okay. Yeah. That has to be the main reason. But but let's be clear. That's yeah. that's 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 the um that's the government official stance, right? Government's yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, we don't like that. Well, why, Mr. President? Well, they're not white. Okay. Makes sense to me. That's but, what they do. But you know, I I have a problem with it because they are terrorists. <laughs> they're we're fighting a war. We we have no like we had we didn't even set a uh a an agreement with them, like, hey, you know, you need a ceasefire. So, again, really quickly, the reason he didn't like it was because they are terrorists and we hadn't even negotiated a ceasefire. And he was inviting them to Camp David, not because anything to do with their brownness, their assumed dirtiness, you know what I mean, or their Muslimness. Those weren't those weren't things that concerned you. I do not have a problem with their brownness. <laughs> Their assumed Muslimness. <laughs> However, I do have a problem with their assumed radical Islam viewpoints. Brian, there's no way you can separate your critique because you are a white male of I, someone's. That's true. You know what? F them all. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> no, but seriously, that's one thing that gets me about this. Everyone is on the same page. Everyone. All the left, all the right, everyone was looking at this like, oh, that was a weird, bad idea, yeah. right? These are radical terrorists. Days, days before 9-11. Yeah, days before 9-11, everyone's looking at this and they're saying, okay, this was a bad move. Uh, these are obviously terrorists, right? Um, and we don't want them at Camp David. And we, this is not good because we are already remembering when we got bombed by, I don't know if, I don't know if it was the Taliban who ran the planes into the towers, but whatever other radical um, Islamic terrorist group, and now without even negotiating a ceasefire, we're having a meeting, everyone all the way across the spectrum of ideology agreed this was a bad idea. Curiously, all the white people were not blamed for being racist, for not liking this idea. Hmm. Whereas hmm. when there is a, a ban on certain people coming from some radicalized countries, they do call it a Muslim ban and they call it racist. Why is that, Brian? It's almost like it well, wasn't a Muslim ban and it wasn't racist, but it was called racist. And now when Trump says, I'm going to ban the Taliban from Camp David, it's called a good idea. When he so here's 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 a small difference. Right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> he's he's calling uh, he's he's calling over known terrorists, known enemy combatants yeah. of Taliban 
to a place, well, one, to American soil, but two, to Camp David, which is historically a place of, uh, of, of note to bring our allies. Like, it's a privilege for our allies to, to come to Camp David, right? So while it's less about that, it, I think it's more about the, you know, the fact that we're bringing known enemy combatants on, on the U.S. So, soil, but not just, you know, if it's not just like any enemy combatants, it's they're terrorists. They they don't even um, I'm if, if if I remember correctly, don't they they don't fight under any flags or any under any like uniforms. I don't think so, but you did say soil twice. Wonder if you're trying to say blood and soil, blood and soil, blood and soil. That's why you didn't want them here, because because you're racist. Is that not? Yeah, I'm yeah, still, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, still, yeah, I'm yeah. having a hard time understanding how you can <laughs> criticize these people and not be racist at the same time. It's almost like I've been told for the last five years that's impossible. <laughs> so it's just magically switched, I guess. Well, and. Look, here's the thing that you have to understand, though, is when we're talking about this Muslim ban, I I personally have a problem. Um, uh, well, had a problem. I do still need to do some more research, so I don't want to claim that I currently have a problem. But as it stands now, I don't like it, right? Because you like the vibe. Yeah, so pretty much. <laughs> That's kind of how I'm going off of it right now because I haven't actually done the research on the Muslim ban right now. But... Um, what we're doing is we're affecting just regular people who, while there could be enemy combatants inside, that's what part of our vetting process is supposed to weed out. Yeah. Um, but we're affecting civilians who just want a better life. Um, but when we invite terrorists over to our soil and blood. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. The secret racist agenda comes out for why we would ever criticize the Taliban. It's not because they're terrorists. It's because we're racist and white show. <laughs> Everyone. And this is all troll, by the way. I don't troll. like. Well, if someone's going to clip our audio and be like, oh, you admit it. Man. You're a racist chauvinist. Bah, bah, bah. You're like, you know what? You know what? Person with crazy blue hair. You're right. Thank you very much. <laughs> that person that you recorded was a racist chauvinist. Yeah, that was you. Oh no, that was actually Baron and 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 Smyan. That wasn't Aaron and Brian. That was Baron and Smyan. Oh, okay, thanks. I'll go find Baron and Smyan. Yeah, you go on your way, ma'am. Have a good rest of your time. Oh, thank you for helping me fight the cause. I got you, lady. Anytime, honey. Don't worry about it. And then they come back with axes. When they find out, this really escalated very quickly, <laughs> dude. It's just, it's funny. It's just, you know, it's, it's a weird world we live in. But yeah, it does, it, it does feel weird trying to joke about things like that, just because we're trying to bring some humor. But um, <clears throat> let's yeah. be clear, we're joking. Yeah, about what? Uh, uh, about blood about soil? the blood. blood. <laughs> Being but racist. Being ra oh, just kidding about being racist. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you you know obviously it just comes up anytime if you know apparently now if you're white and you criticize you know another group then uh, i.e. Um, the Taliban, a, a voluntary group of people gathering into one you know ideological lens, 
uh, because most of them happen to be brown by birth. You know, you gotta, you gotta watch out. The people might think you're racist if you're criticizing. Gotta watch out. It's like, well, that's weird because it's literally the Taliban. So. Do you know what's really weird about that? Yeah. Is if uh, if they would just wear uniforms and fight under a flag, um, they would have more protection, like under like just the Geneva, war, yeah, the Geneva Conventions. Yeah, they would actually have protections. As it stands now, like we can do whatever we want to them. Yeah, I would definitely look into at least wearing a, a, a name tag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like we can hold them, we can torture them, like under the Geneva Conventions. We do have we do have laws that that keep us from don't we we limit ourselves. How many organs can we remove? As many as we want. That's amazing. I need some new <laughs> some new kidneys for my black market. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> like what? Black market. But if they wore if they wore uniforms and fought under a flag, it's war. That's weird. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Today we're talking about all the crazy. There's two types of crazy here. There's Taliban crazy, and then there's Trump crazy. And what was Trump thinking? Inviting these people without uniforms? I have no idea. But John Bolton, he wasn't okay with it either. Who's John Bolton? The singer? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Michael Bolton. <laughs> John Bolton, the walrus, didn't he get fired? He did. Why do you get fired? Uh, well, he either got fired or let go. Or uh, I mean, wait, that's the yeah, same thing. That would be fired or quit. Uh, there, there were last time I checked, there were two stories. Uh, he claims he quit. Trump claims he fired him. So, but he... it was over the uh, either over all of the disagreements that we had, or it was actually over. And I'm just quoting all of the different reasons that he gave throughout the course of a, a week. He changed his mind over and over again um, or over the Taliban issue. He disagreed with with it, uh, had they had a heated discussion and he asked for his res- resignation because Trump didn't want the Taliban there or Trump did. Trump want the did. Taliban. And Bolton didn't want the Taliban, so Bolton had to get fired because he wasn't going to support the Taliban decision. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately Trump just ended up doing what Bolton recommended. That is hilarious. <laughs> what a clown show. What a joke. <laughs> if that's really the reason. That's just so bad. Um, okay. But then but then he kind of stepped it back a little bit after and said, well, no, he's a great guy. All this other sh- crap. <laughs> right. Mm. And talking him up and like, this was not, he was not fired over this. He was fired because he just, dis- he, of, of all the disagreements and, and, and everything within White House staff. So he was basically the, 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 what they had to cut because people didn't agree with him, which I think you should have that in the White House. You should have these different, these differing viewpoints pushing each other in whatever direction. Brian, that would lead to productivity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a mutually shared you know, uh, incentive structure that provides uh, the largest amount of benefits for the most people in the country. Can't have that. Can't have that, Brian. (laughs) All right, question for you. How much did you love the Democratic debate? (laughs) Was it a debate? 
It was interesting. I actually had to turn it off. Uh, so, is it because like you're is it because before. you're a bigot and you don't want the Democrats to win? I just couldn't follow it after a little while because it was starting to get to be, you know, people attacking Biden. People, yeah. What was it? Who? We want to take our your. We're gonna take your AR-15s and your AK-47s. O'Rourke, Beto O'Rourke, Beto, Beto, the the, the commander in chief, Master Chief Beto, the Spartan, the super soldier, the guy who's gonna come take your AR-15, your AK-47. He's the one guy who like the NRA can actually have a talking point about, like, and say, yeah, see, Democrats want your to take your guns. It's so funny because I was watching this uh, this video. I think it was actually it, no. Give me a break. It was a clip on YouTube of Tucker Carlson, but it was hilarious because there was a, uh, in the Democratic uh, global warming, uh, what do you call What do they call it? Town hall. It was seven hours long. They had every candidate come in and like answer questions for what they do. And Kamala Harris had just gone on apparently and said like, they were asking her, now, okay, these questions are being fed to them fast. All right. So I know that you're not, you're not stopping and thinking about every answer and to fully articulate. It's just not the right setting or format for that. So, and you know you only have so much time. So you have like these answers prepped and you just go and you just have these talking points. So they ask her really quickly, hey, would you encourage or would you do things in office to change the food pyramid to limit red meat consumption type of question? You know what I mean? Basically, that's the fancy way of saying, would you like make it so people had to change their diets for the sake of climate change and do something about cattle and methane presumably right um which is a hilarious question because it very much ignores the fact that most people in the country who are on low income need to eat ground beef yeah it's cheap yeah it's the cheapest meat source we have so um and it's the most reliable right it's a giant cow you're going to get meat from that thing like like, you know anyway uh, she was like, yeah, 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 I would, yeah, I would. Um, so she would, she would do stuff to take away people's beef, <laughs> just literally <laughs> by executive order, making it so that you're not going to have as much access to red meat because it's bad for the environment, which would be a heck of a thing. Well, I mean, what does changing the food pyramid even do except change, you know, minds? Oh, you know what, schools? But the, but yeah, but I'm talking about literally executive action limiting the the uh, ability to consume red meat at the rate we are. Well, how does it, how would that? I have no idea, but she said she would be pursuing that. She would be doing, that'd be something, that'd be a big agenda for her. All right. And then Cory Booker comes on a little bit later and says, you know, people are all just out here fear mongering and saying, Cory is going to take your beef. Cory is going to take your hamburger. You know, no, I'm not. It's like, dude, nobody's fear mongering. Kamala Harris just two seconds before said she would. (laughs) And now you're coming on and saying it's fear mongering and you're trying to do this like weird Again, talking point. Thing. Well, Corey, Corey said he wouldn't. He, yeah, okay. he he wouldn't. Okay, um, but you know, I haven't seen him in those other instances when he said he would probably do something about red meat consumption as well. But here's here's the point: the Democrats wait, did he in the video you watched. I'll have to. No, he didn't. I, I didn't watch that much of it. Again, it was Tucker Carlson. I'm not trying to watch a million years of it. I like him, but it is just you know, it's an opinion thing, and it's just supposed to like feed you all the things you don't like. So I don't watch it. Um, really, I, I was surprised that I even caught this in the brief amount of time I did. But the funny thing about it is, obviously, the Democratic platform 
it doesn't matter what Booker says or did say during that thing because all you're going to remember is that Kamala was trying to take your red meat. Yeah, see, that's the thing that really pisses me off is... Beto's taking your guns, too. Is is as soon as <laughs> one of the candidates says something that they want to do, one, it's one out of ten candidates, and two, that that's not going to pass. Well, maybe an executive order would obviously pass, but if that's within her capability to actually write an executive order to do that. But... Um, <clears throat> Taking the AR-15s and AK-47s, that's got to go through, like, all of the checks and balances. So um, that's not going to fly. Like, you're going to get so much pushback, even from Democrats. Well, the Supreme Court would never let you just mess with the Constitution like that. You're not just going to Well, someone- it's... Didn't they do something like that for um, machine guns? Like a, a mandatory full, buyback? Full auto. Yeah, full auto. They do a mandatory guns. buyback. No. What do they do? You just have to have like four or five or like six crazy permits to be able right, to get one. Right, but if you don't have, if you're not permitted to use one, then. Oh, it's. I think it's a felony. Yeah. So. Yeah, so full auto. I, I mean, I guess, yeah. So I know there's a reasonable, okay, so that, that means there's a reasonable argument here. Like. Like uh, there's a method of doing it. Well, well, some people do think you should have a tank. Like if you want a tank, you should be able, you should be able to go get a tank. You know, maybe not a nuke, maybe not like an IED or whatever, maybe not a drone that can like fly and do drone strikes. But if you want a tank, you know, people. Now I have a lot of friends who are in this camp. Well, I mean, but but then what? You're just gonna have a tank and nothing to put it through it. What? But, no, but here's the point: you can't have random Americans just all getting tanks. Like we're not supposed yeah. to have that. that the the original founding of the of the the idea of the founders was was that you know full auto semi auto whatever all those different type of weapons are out there they said look you have the right to get whatever type of weapons you want to defend yourself against tyranny that was 100% their intention no doubt in my mind at all however they did not have nukes they did not have tanks okay they did not have uh flamethrowers <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Now we got flamethrowers, but th- there is an argument to be made for like, okay, when, where does fr- where does the right to bear arms stop? Where does free speech stop? Well, it stops stops at libel, and if you incite um, violence, right, that's when free speech stops. Okay, mm-hmm. so we have limits on free speech. We do. It's very open, and it should be. But if you're literally saying, "Hey, let's all go kill this guy," well, now you're under arrest. You know what I mean? You can't you can't do that. You can't incite violence, violence, and you also can be liable for libel. See what I did there? Um, and, and slander and whatnot. So for right to bear arms, we've already made it illegal if you don't have the right permits to have a full auto, which makes perfect sense if anyone knows the damage a full auto military-grade weapon can do. It's like, especially in a civilian area, dude, <laughs> it's like you, you could get off 400 rounds easy in two minutes, like not maybe even a minute with a full auto. Yeah, like really, easy. it's it's insane. You you can do a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, you, I mean, I okay. This is obviously not the kind of machine gun that that any Joe Schmo would have, but Gatling I, gun out of a helicopter. I've I've <laughs> shot a uh, uh, fifty cal machine gun off of the side of a Navy destroyer. Oh hex no, dude! <laughs> that is like a laser, dude. It's insane. Yeah, fifty cal machine gun, like, and it just. You can feel it from from across the boat. <laughs> you can feel them shooting that thing, and when you're actually shooting it yourself, 
You can definitely feel it. That would literally cut. And tear a hole through anybody. Oh, of course. But you could cut a building in half with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, you pull up a truck with that, like, Halo Halo 3 style. Yeah. And just, like, cut a hole right through. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, obviously, no one's going to be driving around in a warthog <laughs> with a turret gunner on the back. 50 cal style. You know what I mean? Like, nobody needs that kind of stuff. No. But, like, but here's the thing. Although, maybe that's what you need to fight tyranny. Well, I know. In order, if, you, if you were going to fight the government, here's the thing. You actually don't need... That would be nice. Those would be nice. And this is me playing devil's advocate, but no. But you would you would actually need an ability to um to to fight against drone drones and drone strikes. That mm-hmm. would be the way. If a government was going to take you over and try to find where you were hiding in the Appalachian Mountains, they they drones X-ray the whole forest with drones, thermal scan whatever, and just literally snipe you. Lidar, from, yeah, yeah, you're gone. Like you're, there's no so unless you have a way to like, you know, have you seen the Matrix? Mm-hmm. Electromagnetic pulse, those little octopus drones that they will send after <laughs> us. You know what I mean? If the government ever turned, like, you know, control your brain or your mind or whatever, put you in one of those vats and use you as a battery to power the matrix. If that was ever going <laughs> to happen, dude, you would need electromagnetic pulse. And it wouldn't be as much like you're going to be able to fight to get your country back. It's going to be that you're going to be able to fight to build your underground bunker so that humanity can live for an extra hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Like rats in a hole. It's just so there's no way. To really, at this point, reasonably, like have the have ha, have the idea that our weapons are going to be able to, if the government and all of the military was in on a takeover and to just put in martial law over all the rest of America, you're not going to be able to beat the drone strikes. That's pretty much it. Satellite imaging. You're not. Yeah. Gonna, so what you would Damn. need to do. Crazy ha- technology. There's no fighting it. No, you have to have half the army on your side and you have to use that tech and then you yeah. have to use those weapons. You, you wouldn't be able to win civilian versus military right now. You're not going to have a, you know, British red coats come over and yo, you're in the blue coat and you with, with your, you know, pa- the, the Patriot <laughs> Mel Gibson with your hatchet and your musket, be able to take out some red coats. No, the, you're gonna have ATATs, and you are little. Uh, <laughs> what are those little bear creatures in Star Wars? Oh, Joe. Oh no, let's say Jabberwockies. That's it. I can't remember their name. Everyone's gonna hate me. For all of you who are listening, who aren't big Star Wars fans, I'm so sorry. What are those creatures? See, I'm called? more of a Star Trek fan, Brian. It's because it's because you don't know what your life is about. I'm about to look this up right. You're now. right. You're right. I'm. I'm trash. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> Little bear creatures in Star Wars. What is it, Brian? Guess. Guess the first word. Letter. J. Ewok. Oh, it's an Ewok. It's an Ewok. Oh, my God. I feel stupid. So we're Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> we're Ewoks. The government has ATATs. We have rocks and sticks. And the stormtroopers are coming. If we don't have Jedis <laughs> or Han Solo, we're screwed. Yeah. Okay, so all this to say, Beto says he's coming for our guns. He's not coming for our guns. And we don't need those guns because we're trying to protect ourselves from tyranny. We need those guns because here's the main reason. Criminals have weapons and even better weapons than that. So if you have an AR-15 and someone else has an AR-15, it's a it's a fair and possible fight for you to win. If you have a pistol and someone has an AR-15, you are going to die. Unless they're just really bad. Your chances are are less 
than favorable. Yeah, they can more but, successfully shoot through your cover while you cannot as successfully shoot through theirs, and they have a much larger clip. Yeah. Lots of things. Yeah, so, I mean, look, you're not going to win touting we're going to take all, we're going to, you know, come and get your guns. Um, yeah, Beto's going to, Beto's going to go ahead and go bye-bye. You're, you're actually, I feel like he's doing a disservice to the Democratic Party because now there's actually something for people to be afraid about. <laughs> But they don't have to be afraid about it. It's just the NRA is going to use that clip and co- say they're coming from for your guns. You know, Ben Shapiro had a great point. He said in the Nixon days, there's a quote. It said in the primaries, Nixon was like, uh, run hard to the right. And then in the general, run hard to the center. Okay. So it looks like these Democratic, you know, want to want to be nominees. Not all of them, but some are running hard to the left. And Ben Shapiro was like, one of the problems with that strategy nowadays is that we have something called film. (laughs) (laughs) And the crazy stuff you say in the primaries to get to become the nominee is going to be used against you in the general. Yeah. And Trump, as a great debater and kind of a comedian on the stage, will wipe the floor with half the craziness that's come out of Beto's mouth. That's why I really do think that um, big spoiler alert for all of those who I haven't talked to about this. I think that uh, Joe Biden is the best nominee for the Democratic side. I think if he runs, he'll probably win. Because what's Trump going to say about about Joe? Call him old, call him sleepy. He's like Trump's age. Yeah. So (laughs) that'd actually be a pretty cool debate. Because Joe Biden's also, if he has this energy, he's so tired now because he is old. But if he has his old energy, he was actually pretty quick-witted. Yeah. And pretty smart. So he'd probably be able to just rake the rake, rake Trump yeah. across the coals a little bit. That sound, that vibration sound you heard right there, was the sound of Brian going like this. <laughs> <laughs> or his mic because he hit it again, Brian. I'm sorry. Brian's good at podcasting. I am. I'm very good. So exciting. So who do you think is going to take it? I don't know. I just made a lot of my conservative friends mad though with my take on guns. But uh, (laughs) who's going to take the presidency? Is that what you're saying? Kamala Harris all the way. Um, (laughs) She she will, you know, lead us into the new world. Um, No, I think uh, I think if Bernie is the nominee, he'll lose. I think if Warren is the nominee. That's kind of a 50-50. I think she'll lose. I think Biden can win. I think Andrew Yang could actually win if he got nominated. You don't think Pete Buttigieg would? I don't know. See, that money like that him. money can talk. That's the thing. Is, is he rich or something? No, it's it's the, the – Andrew Yang, the uh, the $1,000 freedom dividend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that that can talk for sure. Yeah, and, you know, I did make a point about inflation and all stuff. If you give everyone that $1,000, obviously, I don't know what would happen. I'm sure economists would say, well, you know, I, mean, it's, I don't know if it's ever happened. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious what the numbers look like on that, what, what the projections would look like. That is a concern. I can tell you what I would do if I knew everyone had an extra grand every month. I would charge more for everything. Yeah, and you know what? I realized this working in healthcare because I do work at select, select quote now. 
you know, people who are the managers there have their degrees in finance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're, they're numbers wizards. And there's obviously like at our, at our, um, I almost said our church. It's funny. <laughs> but at select quote at our company, there's like a, a compliance team to make sure all the legal stuff's covered. There's also like a finance team that looks over all the leads that we get. Cause you have to buy leads sometimes, right? You have to pay money for them to make the, So you know who to call to get the sale. All these types of things you have to do for leads when you're like a company that lives off sales and every company has like a sales branch, right? Yeah. But just the amount of numbers you have to crunch to know the quality of lead at what percentage they close, which with, with which salesmen are calling or women at, at, at what their close rate is and, and how many there are and how often they're being generated and what's the premium cost. Dude, all of these numbers, these people are crunching them all. It's like these super teams of like brain trust people. It like, it blows my mind. So I'm thinking now, if you look at something like Andrew Yang, right? And then the extra thousand dollars is inserted into people's, you know, monthly bill or monthly whatever. It would take the country six months to readjust for the extra thousand. And then you wouldn't even really feel it. I mean, maybe you'd feel it a little bit, but it wouldn't feel like a thousand. Yeah. Because everyone had it. And there's no way these number crunching geniuses wouldn't figure out exactly how much extra to charge you because you have that extra thousand. It would take them maybe even a week. I say six months for the whole country, but that's literally their job is to figure out how much they can charge you and still keep you as a customer. (laughs) And then Yang's like, give everyone extra money. They're like, okay, we will charge extra. (laughs) See, that's, that's what I'm afraid of, but maybe it wouldn't. I mean, Maybe it wouldn't for whatever reason. Yeah, maybe people would just be like, you know what? You have extra money. We don't need it. We'll go ahead and just let you keep it. <laughs> no, they're all going to be like, okay, how much can we charge? How much more can we increase the bottom line? How are we going to you know, uh, project our numbers now for this next quarter now that 100% of our clients have an extra $1,000? They're all going to want to buy an extra healthcare plan. They're all going to want, you know what I mean? It's like, it, honestly, it would help a lot. Here's the thing. Let's just say people did keep the thousand dollars and it felt like a thousand still and all the adjustments didn't matter. It still felt like a thousand. I can tell you from experience, a lot of the senior citizens that are on fixed incomes, just collecting social security for their retirement, they would be in a much better place. Their medical bills would be, would be much lower because they'd have more money to buy better healthcare plans and go more consistently to the doctor. They could afford their co-pays better um, and uh, get their dental health in order. Because a lot of the senior citizens I talk to don't have dental plans. Mm-hmm. And then when your oral health is bad, your heart health is bad, and the rest of your body goes bad, then you need a lot more care, right? Because also if you have diabetes, all these types of things. So if we gave senior citizens more money specifically to go to giving them better health care plans, then well, the country would would start saving money on health care, I think, if you gave them more regular checkups, help them catch cancers earlier, help them get good dent- good dentures or whatever so that they don't have to go for 15 years just grinding on their gums. I mean, I've heard some just horror stories, dude. Horror stories. I mean, so there's chances. So the money could talk. Yeah. So, here, who's another one? Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg? Buttigieg. I like him. He's a nice, sweet man. <laughs> See, you don't think he'd be very good at negotiations. No, I think Kamala Harris would be better at negotiations. I think everyone on that stage would be better at negotiations. Yeah. He doesn't seem like 
he is. Well, I mean, and maybe that's something that he's he just hasn't shown yet, and maybe that's a strategy. Maybe he's just trying to build that trust with a when build a base, and then and then you know he doesn't have much time, but to and then at some point he maybe he'll show in some way how he's able to uh, to handle himself in negotiations. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure he's a good negotiator, but when you're talking about the leader of the free world, right, you want someone, like, if you think about Obama, not only was he good at speaking, but he always had this air of confidence, like he'd be great at negotiating. Turns out, not so great, if you look at the Iran deal, um, you know, but I'm sure there are other things he negotiated well. It's just, looking at that stage, it's just he's underwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's just... Now, the guy who irritates me the most is that Castro guy. <laughs> he's just the worst. He's like a... He wants yeah, to be Obama so, okay. so bad. He's just not Obama. He... He... Picking on Joe Biden. Uh, Old he, Sleepy Joe. Yeah, he was he was trying to, uh, to point out an error um, that, that Joe made that... Did he make an error? He did not. Okay. So... I think that probably could have turned out differently if he actually made an error. Um, that would have been interesting to see how that one little tidbit changing would actually change the outcome of that debate. But it sounded like he was just waiting. Like he wanted to prove that he could just, he could jab at debates for like the president. Like he could point out like ir- irregularities and arguments and stuff like that because that's a that's a consistent thing with the president is he just changes his everything all the time. So I I have a feeling that that's probably what he was trying to go for. This is just speculating, but it makes sense except you got it wrong and it was a low blow. Like I I don't know, that's <laughs> you, you forgetting about that? <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, it, well, I don't know if it's. I don't know if a low blow is what I would say. I think. I think it technically is, but I think what I think it's more of a desperate attempt. Yeah, it does to, kind of scream desperate. Well, yeah, or just it's either desperate or it was just so queued up and ready to go as soon as he even thought he had an opportunity. Yeah, I bet you they used it. Yeah, I bet you they had prepped to try to find a way to get at age. You know what I mean? And it's like it's one of those things where. Everyone knows he's old, mm-hmm. but that's the thing that's most appealing. I mean, Ben Shapiro talks about this too, and I think Ben's right. The thing that's most appealing about Sleepy Joe Biden is that he's not going to do anything at all. He he is like he is the face of stability. It's just going to be. It's literally just going to be another Obama presidency. Yeah. Where American prosperity will just continue and very slowly increase, and. You know, we're just hoping that there aren't a bunch of people who still want to do a bunch of, you know, stuff with trying to make racism worse around here. We just maybe make our cities cities a little better, help out places that need help and stop with all the mumbo jumbo dividing stuff. And like Biden, Biden would be someone like that. There'd be like no way all the Democrats aren't going to call him racist. He's not going to come out and just be talking about racist, this racist, that I mean the occasional cop shooting that people want to make national will probably be something he would address as president, but it's not going to be because Obama presidency just from the fact that he was black made it so that everything had to be about race all the time, which was 
good and bad, you know, because we had our first black president, which was good, right? But it was bad because it 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 made it so that things that we could just, you know, okay, that was bad. Let's move on. Became like that was bad, and we can't move on. We need to have a one month discussion on the history of race in the country because we think somehow it relates to this incident. Well, you know, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't, but let's just move on because uh, odds are it doesn't. Actually, I would say 99% it doesn't. Like, for instance, like when Michael Brown got shot, he's my number one example. Trayvon Martin is my second example. Okay. Trayvon Martin got shot by um, Zimmerman because Zimmerman was dumb, but Trayvon was beating him up and going to kill him. Okay. You know what I mean? Zimmerman shouldn't have followed him, right? Trayvon was beating on him, pounding his head into the back of the, pounding the back of his head into the concrete. He had the full mount on him, MMA style. He, he was saying he's going to die tonight. Okay. Someone does that to you, you shoot them. That's basically how it goes. That's how it goes. Why were they in that situation? Because Zimmerman followed him when he shouldn't have. He's not a police officer and he is an idiot. And he deserved, probably, I would say, I don't know what the precedent and, is. And I mean, it let is. Let me finish though. I would say 20 years in jail. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's life, in, life imprisonment because he was getting his face pounded in when he shot him. But I just I and I don't know maybe that is zero jail because it was self defense. I just think you can't you can't be the one who initiated that conflict. Yeah, and then have no consequence for killing the other guy. Like oh. when you walk around now, you can walk around with a gun if you're certified if if you have your concealed carry license. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, but when. It screamed to me a little bit that he was looking for a fight. Well, I think he was because he was mad. He wanted to be the hero or well, something. Well, I he don't had know. had that gun on him for a while because several break-ins had occurred, apparently. Yeah. So, like, you know, if we're on our street, you know what I mean? Like, we had a weird guy out here the other day, some tatted-up white dude. I don't know what he was doing. But um, if there were a couple break-ins, like, you guys got broken into and your mom got a gun, right? So it's just pretty well, much yeah. It's pretty much the thing you do when was when, thinking about getting a gun. Still will at some point, but hasn't. Oh, she hasn't got it yet. Okay, yeah. So the day my daughter was born, I got a twelve gauge. You know what I mean with a yeah. tactical grip for home defense. So it's like it's you know it's it's what you do when when you when you have a higher sense of of threat, right? So if someone's breaking in, so he has a gun on him. He's part of the neighborhood patrol or watch or whatever, and he's seen several of these uh, you know younger males commit a crime you know petty theft or whatever break in and run and get away and he's tired of it he's like these little bleeps always get away so he kind of chases him down he's armed with a gun that is not going to turn out well for the guy you're chasing unless he also has a gun Mm -hmm. whenever you have a gun when someone's just committed a crime or you think they've just committed a crime or they're even somewhat aggressive and you confront them and it turns into an altercation because you have a gun they're probably going to die yep so there was some sort of stand your ground law or something in Florida yeah. or whatever, which which makes sense. I understand why it's there, but this whole thing just seemed like a terrible situation, right? I've I've known way too many kids, especially kids that are athletic to play sports, eighteen years old males. Half of your rite of passage is being able to fight and beat people up. Mm-hmm. That's like half of it. Okay, you're not always planning on the dude you're beating up to have a gun. But you're also not pounding the back of someone's head into the concrete, punching them in the mouth, telling them they're going to die tonight. right? You might square up and fight and throw a couple blows. People separate you. Maybe if you're in a gym playing basketball or whatever. You know what I mean? I've been in so many of those myself too. It's like not even – almost can't even count them. So 
I was almost another one of those the other day. It was with a full grown dude. You know what I mean? So like, it doesn't even. That's just like a. It's it's like a. It's almost like a normal male thing, unfortunate as it is. But obviously, there's time and place. All that I'm trying to say is, it's just it's just a tragedy, because for some reason this kid never learned. You don't do that in the street with someone you don't know. Yeah. Like they could very likely have a gun. That's one thing Joe Rogan talks about. You don't just get in street fights. Let's say you beat the hell out of somebody. Okay, they come back next week with a knife. All right, you come back the week after that with a bat and two other guys. All right, they come back the next week with a gun and three other guys. Yeah, it just it always escalates. It's just yeah. never a good idea. So it's just an unfortunate reality that the altercation happened. Dude died. Zimmerman got off pretty much scot-free, and there was a clear case to get him off scot-free because he wasn't there with his weapon drawn to kill anybody. And obviously he was fearing for his life because Trayvon was beating him and beating his head into the concrete. Okay. Is that a race thing? Maybe. Possibly. For sure, though? No. But it was for sure a race thing because Obama was president and he talked about how Trayvon could have been his kid and those types of things. I get it. I get the history that that has occurred in the country. But that doesn't mean that there aren't instances where people who happen to be black are committing crimes that are unwarranted or or like Trayvon wouldn't have killed Zimmerman you just have to look at the at the murder rates even within the black male community or or how often in any city the, the black Dunkers, male community black male community black male <laughs> yeah the male and black community and it's not just black males it's black males between the ages of like 16 and 25 so it's like everyone knows that this is a problem and most likely because the fathers aren't there we all get it it doesn't have very much to do right now at all with the history in the country. The fact that the fathers aren't there. It's just weird decisions dudes have made to just have a bunch of baby mamas and not be around for them because also they're not very good guys. So the girls are like, I'm tired of you. I don't need you around. But then the boy grows up without a dad. It's just a tragedy. You can observe this in every group. You can look at white guys in Appalachia. You can look at Welsh people in Great Britain that are also white. Everyone, when dad leaves young, you are, you are, what is it? For every 1% decrease in fathers in the neighborhood, there's a 3% increase in adolescent male crime. You're like 40% more likely to commit suicide. You know what I mean? The, there's a book called The Boy Crisis. Unbelievable statistics on this. What happens to young males when fathers aren't around or, or when parental structures are shifted around um, underneath their feet. It's very difficult. So we look at someone like Trayvon and we're like, okay, how much of this you know, world are you in? Well, some, not all of it. I'm pretty sure his dad was still around. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, what's it's, it's, it's one of those things where then, then it moves from, okay, we can't just explain with social structures. We have to look at Okay. What was this kid doing? Well, he was literally beating someone to the concrete. So what are you going to do about that? You're going to blame the fact that his dad wasn't there. No, his dad looks like he was there. You're going to blame the fact that, um, you know that there was there were tragedies in, in in terms of the the history of race in our country. I mean, you can talk about that, but what happened is it looks like a young kid made a very stupid mistake and started beating up a guy into the concrete who had a gun. But again, it has to it has to be. It's maybe it's a race thing. It's a question we can we can keep open. But when Obama was president, it was an, it was one hundred percent a race thing. When Biden's president, I don't know if it'll be one hundred percent a race thing. Now that Trump's president, it's a hundred. That would be a hundred percent a race thing. Just in the in the opposite direction. In the opposite direction, yeah. yeah. And so I'm just wondering if we can get a president 
or present des Get a freaking female. I don't even care. Just anybody who can make a tragedy that happens in our country not be automatically assumed to be a race thing. That would really, 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 I think, help the country heal a lot from some of these old wounds. If everyone could just like be on the same page and realize that not everything that happens that's tragic is because of race. Realize that race may play literally dun, 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 zero role. It's possible. Like Michael Brown, like someone who just committed a petty theft, walking in the middle of the street, police car pulls up next to him, tells him to get out of the street, mm-hmm. also was looking for him because they just got a call. Someone fitting his description just stole some stuff from the store down the street. Yeah. And then he pushes the cop go- door shut again because the cop tries to open his door because he's not getting out of the street. He kicks the door shut. Cop tries to get out. He punches the cop in the face through his window. And tries to grab his gun. Yeah, that guy's dead. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a race thing, Brian. Because it's Michael Brown. Hands up, don't shoot. You know what I mean? Like, can we just finally get over it? And not like like that actually not having been a race thing and just being another kid making a very, 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 very bad decision with the police officer and just get over that and be like, okay, that was bad. This over here was racist. This over here was bad when this cop shot this black guy because that was bad. When they suffocated that dude in New York, they really should have chilled out because he had heart and like health problems. Yeah, that they, that really that did upset me a little yeah, bit. But but uh, again, and and talking that, talking to my friend, maybe a race thing. So talking, would they have done that to a giant fat white guy? Right. Probably right. not. I don't know. That's my guess. Yeah. Cops all over the world now are like, well, Aaron, you don't. Okay, look. I mean, come on. I don't know. I don't know. It could be. It could not be. But, um, but he's dead. Proper investi- the bottom line is there, there's a guy dead who didn't need to be dead. Yeah. At um, all. But and, better if y'all knocked and him sometimes, out. Sometimes, you know, you do have to look at the situation. While I think um, they were they had a, they had a lot of cops there. Yeah. He's a big um, dude. And, and he's a big dude. Oh, you also want to know something more controversial? The first like two or three cops I saw in the video, I could be misremembering. I'm pretty sure they were female. Huh. So you make those two first two or three cops a nice big six three male, and maybe that whole thing goes differently. Yeah. Call me well, sexist. No. Call no, me no, no, sexist. No, no, no. no, you're not wrong because and it's you're not wrong. You have more of a reason, more of 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 a reason to to have to use lethal force um, if if you're a small. Um, you know, you're a bigot. You're a bigot for suggesting that females can't do the exact same job. Female police officers as male police officers. I actually talked to a friend of mine who is a female police officer. (laughs) What'd she say? And, and she told me the exact same thing. Like they're they're You have to do what you need to do to survive. Yeah. And if you're a female, if you're a female, a little more and, 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 you know, you're coming up on this big dude, whether or not he's white or black, he's a big guy. He can throw his weight around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're gonna like, if you throw down with that person, just the fact that he's got more weight on him, you're less likely to win. Oh yeah. Weight classes. That's why we have weight class in UFC. Also the fact that you have long hair, instant disadvantage. 
Yeah, you can pull that. And, yeah, yeah. And they can literally control your entire head movement. They grab your hair. So it's like, and I and now I've seen that. There's a video that they show police officers of this female cop trying to handcuff this big dude. Uh, for whatever reason, the video, the guy happened to be black. There's another video, if you guys are interested, though, with uh, a white guy doing the exact same thing except pulling a gun. So race doesn't matter here. It matters if you're a criminal and you have lethal intent. So, but just saying for this for this big black dude who was a small little white lady cop, she's trying to cuff him. He pretends like he's, you know, cooperating. And right as soon as she gets the first one on, he turns around and, uh, like, pushes her onto the hood of her of her cop car. And like onto the ground then and punches her like four. You could hear it, the his knuckle on her jawbone. Mm. Four or five really, 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 really hard full mount punches right to the face. Yeah. Okay. And you could just kind of see it because you could see right over the hood of the car. But you could hear it, which was crazy because there's cars going by. And then he, his daughter is screaming, daddy, no, stop it because his daughter's in the backseat. And he goes like, I'm sorry, baby, I can't go to jail again. Right, he hops in the car and he drew, speeds off with his daughter in the car. Mm-hmm. So, it's one of those things where, if that was a male cop, first of all, you're supposed to always have backup when you do something like that. From what I hear, second of all, if, sometimes you don't, but so, yeah, and then you should, you should. But then, second of all, from what you know, from, from just knowing my own people who are in law enforcement, you know, my own brothers and whatnot, that just would never happen. You're like that guy tries something like that. He's is either going to die or he's going to get really hurt trying to do something like that to you. And then you've got people who think and that, you know, oh, this, this is a woman. I can take advantage of the fact that she's a woman. Yeah. You're, you're more likely to, if you, if you're already thinking about doing something and, and going to those lengths, you're, you're more likely to be willing to do it. Yeah. If you think that she that you're going to be able to overpower. So Brian, here's how we got lost in these weeds. Yeah. Here's how we got lost in these weeds. All the crazy. All the crazy. Cuz these aren't these aren't conversations that are being had on the debate stage for the Democrat, you know, primary. And actually hang on. Let me just add something. Yeah. I want to make sure that it's very clear like if there are issues in 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 cases right the things could have been done differently in all of these cases oh yeah yeah lives could have been saved just, nobody's saying that that they're that that these deaths are okay no. right so really we're quick. just talking about scenarios that like people don't think about this stuff no so let's do zimmerman zimmerman doesn't think he is you know the green arrow or batman he stops Mm-hmm. And doesn't chase Trayvon Martin because, you know, you should know also that these young kids aren't great at making good decisions and you should have enough mental clarity and compassion to know that you're not supposed to chase this kid down. He's going to make a bad decision. He's probably going to be aggressive with you. You might have to pull your gun. Mm-hmm. Okay. As as long as you know for sure that he hasn't like if you if you think if you just saw him shoot someone and run, then maybe. Right. But if he's just wearing a hood. Right. Yeah. There was a theft recently. But. Let the cops do their job. Everyone's safe. No one's hurt. Let's not risk the death of a young man that could have a completely different future. Okay. From what maybe if he did steal something. Right. Michael Brown. What could have been done differently? I'll bet you a dollar. The cop probably was not very nice. When he told Michael Brown to get out of the street. He probably didn't say it in a nice way. 
I bet yeah. you a dollar if he said it in a nice way. Now, I know cops are calloused. I know they've been through a lot. But if you have that first contact with a civilian and where if you are actually speaking in a way that's cordial and polite, much more likely to get a good response. Also, if if there's any way he would have had any exposure to Michael before that first meeting. So more police presence and get to know the community members. Hey, yeah. Michael, why are you in the street? Michael, did you just grab that stuff from that store? Mm. You know what I mean? No, Michael, you know what I mean? Come on, man. Give me that stuff back. Let's go. Like, come on. We're going to go to your mama's. You know what I mean? You're going to have to pay this man back. Or I'll, I, I swear I'm going to take you in. You know what I mean? It just something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like, know the boy. It's a young, it's a young man. He's an idiot. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 26. I'm still an idiot. Right. I, I, we need to watch out for each other. So, and then if Michael's like, no, F you forget all this, then yeah, arrest him. Okay. You know. And and do it like a smart cop. Don't try to hop if you if he's six six and you're and you're six two, six one, little white guy, you know what I mean? Unless you really unless you really know how to fight and you're not gonna be able to fight a big football guy. It's not gonna happen. Get three or four guys there, you know what I mean, and get it get it done the right way. Put them in cuffs, bring them in. What a compromising position all by yourself, just trying to hop out of your car like that. Terrible, 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 terrible. In my opinion, I'm not a cop. Seems like a bad idea on his part. The, the people that suffocated um, the other guy in, in New York, I can't remember his name right now, but um, yeah, have the first people on scene be be big dudes. Don't choke him down. Well, and put his face. You can't guarantee that though. The the big dudes. Then tase but, him. But yeah, so you can tase him. <laughs> Don't choke him. You can tase right. him. He, he's gonna be. A, it'll take him a little bit longer to go down. You can tase him, right? Yeah. That, that might have been a solution. Yeah. Uh, depends on if he was. Well, no, he wasn't even holding a weapon. He was just holding... No, he was, he was just, just selling holding, Lucy's. Yeah. He was selling cigarettes when he shouldn't. He yeah. was on parole so, or whatever. So he wasn't holding a weapon, so that would have been okay to tase him. Yeah, all these... All, so so these are these. this is me putting flesh on the bones that Brian laid out. Brian was like, these are all, these are all tragedies. They could have happened differently. My whole point in saying all this, if, if, you know, if you guys have followed us this long, is to say, these are complicated issues. What I want is a dialogue in our country where we talk about what could have gone differently, why the things happened um, the way they did, how we fix it for the future, what we reasonably do. What we can't do is keep bringing up um, – uh, well, we can't always make everything all about race. It really may have just been about procedure. It may have been about inexperience. It doesn't have to be about some sort of subliminal subconscious – hatred for and you you know a certain type of ethnicity or or race it has to just at least at first be a question of procedure again yeah well and you have to and you have to be careful when you when you say that though you have to make sure that you're not um or not when you say that but you have to be careful when you're trying not to make it just about race to when you're trying to figure out what's actually at, at the at the at the core of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which these these incidents, I know I didn't research too much about them. I, I have a cursory knowledge about all of them. Um, I know that they were talking about how it was all race. I didn't research it uh, enough to actually make a determination on whether or not it is race. But I I think that shouldn't really be the uh, American people's job to do. I think what needs to happen is there needs to be a good investigation that that outlines is it race is it not but it shouldn't start with the question of race it should start with the question of what went wrong what could have been done to prevent it 
oh, this guy was racist? Mm. Get him out of here. Yeah, it's just a... Uh, it's 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 my hope. It's my hope that someone gets in who will help us finally get back to a level of sanity. Because you know what? Most black people don't think everything's always about race. They have a really good radar for when things are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they you have to actually go through it or experience it. Most white people, terrible radar for when things are actually about race. Terrible radar. I have not from so from moving here to Hawaii, I have not met people who are worse about knowing whether something's racially there's a racial implication than white people. It's it's white conservatives and white liberals. They're the worst. Okay. And the reason why I can say that is because I'm literally not from here. I come from like completely I come from the most diverse state in, in the entire US. Okay. And people do not get it. They don't get how not to be weird around other races or ethnicities. They don't get how to um, sense or tell if something is racist or not okay. It's just such a strange, strange thing. So we just don't, we, we, we need it all to stop. We need it all to stop. It's tearing our country apart. It's kind of tearing our dialogue apart. I was listening to John McWhorter and, um, uh, oh, geez, I'm going to forget his name. Michael, I can't remember his name right now. But, but, um, Aaron, yeah. everything is about race, my friend. <laughs> well, You're yeah. racist! <laughs> have, you heard, have you heard the 1619 Project? Have you heard about that? Uh, no. The New York Times is putting out um, John McWhorter and Michael. I can't remember his, his name. But um, New York Times is putting out a project basically saying that the country didn't start in 1776 with the Declaration of Independence. The country started in 1619 when the first 20-some-odd slaves landed uh, in America and, and were, you know, when that history started, that's when American history started, not 1776. So I'm trying to rewrite all of the history of America through a lens of the history of race, specifically for, um, uh, you know, the sufferings of, uh, of of the Africans that were brought over, which is a disrespectful, in my opinion, to the sufferings of the Africans because you use it as a tool to further your political. Not agenda. only that, but you're also completely removing any sort of suffering, or, or you're erasing the suffering of the Native Americans. Yeah, you're erasing the Native Americans. You're erasing the Irish. You're erasing the Jews. You're er- you're erasing all of it. You're erasing the fact that we developed a country. Whose, de- whose democracy was strong enough, founded on pure enough values that we were able to push back the storms of fascism in Germany and in Asia. Like, the fact that our country is able to do that, that, that is a much more, um, you know, uh, for, for, for not, it's, it's the, the, the picture is complicated. It's a big, broad picture. The fact of African suffering needs to be included. It is, it is, it is foundational. It's one of the four cornerstones, you might say, on which our country's nation was founded. The fact that the free labor from African slaves helped us build everything. The fact that um, Africans, in a weird way, from a theological perspective, embodied like the suffering soul of the nation and gave it its, its ability to have moral currency because they, they suffered well and like for a long time, not all the time, but did no violence, which was a huge achievement on the part of that community, okay? And then the second thing is that it gave the nation a, a chance and a hope of healing and of actually being the moral, you know, um, example that America sought to be by by being a virtuous group and giving America a chance to free it. 
So what you're saying is basically we wouldn't have been here where we are today in this country if it weren't for slavery. Oh. So you're racist. <laughs> no, no. That's what 1619 <laughs> says. No. <laughs> no it, says, it says that. So it, it makes a financial point from what I, you know, scantily read, which is, of course, not true. The finances, and you know, are, they're not all the way that they spell it out is not all right. But there is one one fourth of what they say is technically correct. Technically correct. Yeah. I mean, it's some of that sounds like uh, reasonable thinking, right? Yeah. Like I wouldn't be where I am today f- if it weren't for the fact that I went through all of the stuff that I went through to get here. Yeah. But the question is. Out of out of all those things, which ones are you going to highlight and select as the main points right. of the narrative storyline? But all of those things are what you need to actually like. That's that's who you need. That's who you are. That's that's what that's your story. Yeah. So you can't isolate one out. I think what they're trying to do is react to the fact that there has been an isolation of some things out to tell the story of America, and it never included um, the sufferings of of the African slaves. Hmm. It always just talked about, Hey, you know, 1776 slavery is never talked about really in history books until the emancipation proclamation. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't agree <laughs> with that actually. Cause the school that I went to, we did talk about slavery, but okay. So most of the time, let's, let's talk about what's harped on. You hear a lot about the revolutionary war. You hear a lot about the war of 1812, right? You'll hear mm-hmm. a lot about the Civil War, mm-hmm. and then you'll hear a lot about um, World War One, World War Two. Yeah, I mean, we spent a pretty decent amount of time on slavery. Okay, well then your but, school, is, but that was just that—that's not all schools, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, who knows? Who knows? I haven't been in all schools, but I just just from what the general gist is, from what I remember, and that might have that might. Oh, this is you're saying you went through and you didn't even. Well, yeah, and one thing I've seen too, because I just I did look through a couple of history books, you know, for um, when I was subbing in the public schools. It, it's just like, honestly, it, it, it's because we haven't found it extremely useful to just harp on slavery all the time. You know what I mean? The idea was that um, we would we would talk about the wars that we won and why we fought them because those things had the most um, long lasting effect on you know. Uh, on the country and the world. But the reality is that for a large group of Americans, right, the things that had the most long lasting effect on them and their family legacy was the legacy of slavery. So um, it's, it's, it's become an interesting conversation in the last 20, 30 years to find those families who, you know, and those, those communities, and then obviously just the larger black community as a whole, being able to kind of rediscover its own American identity in light of the, um, the ways that they were disadvantaged from some things. I mean, so here's one example, the GI bill, like, like for, I guess for like a lot of people in the South because of whatever state law didn't work for them because there was no university in the South that would let in black people. (laughs) So like you go, you fight world war two and you can't even use your GI bill. You know what I mean? Which is of course another reason why you can imagine a lot of people moved out from the South. Yeah, because you can't even go to college down there, and the colleges that did go down there were all trash and underfunded. So it's like the, the people did go down, did go to down there. So it's just those types of things where you figure out, oh, dude, that really affected me and set our family back a generation and a half. You know what I mean? And that's that's my history as as an American is having to go through that BS. You know, and the people taking advantage of my uncle when he moved to Chicago, 
you know, or taking advantage of my aunt when she moved to DC. It's like all those types of things, man. Anyway, we really did get off on the weeds. We did <laughs> in the weeds, but but maybe some of y'all who who hear, who heard our little diatribe here can can see how maybe it has been useful in some ways to have, you know race continually brought up as a talking point because it has given us more clarity on it more um ways to talk about it and, and a, a different lens to view some of what goes on in america so that hopefully we don't miss it when that is a primary factor but there also has to be a reprieve because it can't always all be about race and i'm hoping that whatever democratic nominee gets the i just want to get to a point where we don't even have to talk about race i mean yeah that'd be great but for a lot of people you know they don't know what the world would need to look like before that would be possible. Yeah. And obviously it's not like we don't have to talk about race because it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Cause it did. Yeah. I want to get to a point where w- we don't have a problem with race in this country. Yeah. It'd be a- great. And the problems that we did have, the people who are affected by it or, or the communities that were affected by it, um, don't, they they no longer feel it necessary to uh, to bring it up. Yeah, because maybe they no longer feel the effects anymore because there's been something that's happened either through time or through whatnot to make it so that the effects aren't there. But that would require us being able to measure the effects. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which which we can't do and which no one can do. Um, We're trying. <laughs> well, yeah, well, people do, but there's there's so that's a whole. Nother but then there's discussion. a whole another philosophical discussion on what me- measurements we actually have to take and yeah, use, and how you compare it with why. the history of the world and and whatnot. So it's it gets pretty it gets pretty hairy. But all that to say, I want the crazy to be done. All the crazy. I want all the crazy in the Taliban to be over. What? I want all the crazy from the Democratic debates to be over. I want I want to moderate in. No. It doesn't make everything race. Vote for Trump. Let's make our job a lot easier. (laughs) We'll always have something to talk about. I mean, I don't know. Everyone everyone vote Biden. Let's see Biden and Trump have a fair fight. And then let's see who wins. Um, Hopefully it's based on policy. Yeah. Look, what's the one policy? Here, we'll we'll ask you. I'll ask you one thing. And then we'll, we'll get off. What's the policy that you want the election to actually run on? Like what Biden policy, or Trump? Uh, no, no, no. Like what? What issue do you want the voting people to actually like vote on that issue? Like that's why they're voting for whichever candidate. Oh, so as a Christian, your first answer is always abortion. But do you want a secondary answer? Not. Yeah, because that's just boring. Okay. Um, I would say healthcare. I mean, the issue isn't boring, but. That's just a, such an expected. That's okay. I would say I would say healthcare. I think I think healthcare is complicated, and it's very 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 expensive. We need to know how we we can simplify it, and we need to know how we're going to pay for it. Um, because right now I don't know about you guys, but I have to pay a crazy high premium if I want to have a low deductible plan for my family mm-hmm. that I can barely that I cannot afford. So I have to play. I have to pay the low premium high deductible. And I'm just hoping none of us gets really sick because I'm gonna have to shell out like six grand a year hmm. before my insurance will even start paying. And that's because the Obamacare healthcare really messed everything up because it makes it so that my premiums are higher because I'm young and healthy, which is actually really bad because I have school debts to pay off and I also have a house to pay off. And it's a good thing I have two jobs, but I'm also trying not to go crazy. 
having two jobs and a family and not being able to see my family um, mm-hmm. because I'm always at work. So, yeah, healthcare. How are we going to pay for it? And how are we going to lower people's premiums? Because it is a burning dumpster fire right now. Oh, yeah, it is. Like, and I'm I, lucky I have, I have my two own jobs. issues. I have my own issues where I'm seeing the effects of this healthcare, um, where I've been having something ongoing for months. Months. Months that uh, I've just been sitting waiting for appointments. Wait, like, my insurance wasn't going to cover half of the stuff that I needed to get for diagnostic tests unless I jumped through like nine different hoops to get those, which cost me more money and ultimately them more money. Um, it's just insane. So I, I would love to see healthcare fixed. Um, I'm kind of on the border though, between saying I want healthcare to be the voting issue or climate change to be the voting issue. Because right now we've got President Trump. He's he's pushing for opening up logging in in what's the what's known as uh, America's rainforest, right? Uh, in Alaska, I don't remember the actual forest that it was, but um, they are uh, it, already the ecosystem up there is like messed up because. Um, they're taking measurements and it actually looks like the temperatures that they're seeing now are 50 years what they projected like 50 years in advance so we're already like making a drastic change um just in those places like brian i told you off the air if you want the climate change talk to china talk to india talk to africa well i'm saying so we we as as humans have already Should conquer China, um, Africa, and India. Yeah, man, let's just go wage war on those factories in China. What party would even say that? The party that cares for the planet. <laughs> That's the party that would do it. The party that cares. You heard it first here, Entropy Pod Podcast. If you want to save maybe the world, it's the Entropy Party. <laughs> the Entropy Party conquer China, India, and Africa, um, and tell them to stop putting plastic in the water. And we will go ahead and stop all the carbon emissions. Let all those other people starve while we live in luxury. Um, but these policies yeah. that we have are really just putting our uh, ecosystem at risk. Like our country, all, all it's it's starting to affect us. Yeah. Um, and we're having policies uh, being put in place to uh, or being fought for by the president that is. Uh, he thinks that climate change is a hoax. Um, and so his policies uh, give no credence to the fact that we are affecting our, our our ecosystem that we live in. We're affecting our country. We're affecting our air quality. Um, man, he said that we had the cleanest air in the history of America. Well, there's just no way that's true. If you've been to L.A., well, since the industrial age, we probably have cleaner air than, than they. You have. need to watch that. I'll sh- I'll send you a link. You need so basically, he went to Baltimore for uh, to talk to people Stop about <laughs> about what he went to talk to. It was a Republican retreat. Um, okay. So he was talking to a room full of Republicans in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. 
and he was talking about how he has the cleanest air, the cleanest water, the cleanest. And like, what? Okay. Where are these stats coming from? I don't know. I, he, he's a New York businessman. He just probably makes stuff up sometimes. But at any rate, we 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 have we have beaten this animal to death. We really have. Wow, it's a long episode. It is a dead animal. And uh, so summing up again, Taliban, not a good idea. Um, Democratic debate, hopefully someone who doesn't make everything about race all the time. Um, We want all the crazy to go away. This has been Entropy Pod Podcast, and we have some announcements for you really quick that Brian wants to give before Aaron sleeps himself into the sleep of death. (laughs) Mm-hmm. From being exhausted from talking about race so long. We feel terrible about missing. Uh, We missed a couple episodes. Basically, we are busy. So we are probably going to be looking at readjusting our schedule. Uh, We may start releasing on different days of the week. Hallelujah. No, but we will keep you up to date. And uh, hopefully we can get this sorted out. Um one thing that would help is if you guys support us on Patreon, um, help us get some uh, new equipment in here and increase the audio quality. Another thing that would help too, obviously, is if we have enough Patreon supporters, it would enable us to have more time to devote to making sure that we have great content for y'all. We have a great foundation in the podcast, which is two different perspectives, and we do live right next door to each other. So we can offer that unique, um, you know, for lack of a better phrase, perspective um, every single time. But in order to have a little more time to do some research and uh, make sure we have more time to edit and get sound quality up for you guys, you know, Patreon is a huge, huge, huge help. So please feel free to um, hit us up there. Subscribe. We have three different levels. Uh, We will be reaching out and uh, giving out extra content to the patrons. We actually are in the works doing that now for the patrons that we've had for a little over a month or two. Um, We have a bunch of extra content and bloopers for them. So y'all look forward to that. We'll be sending out announcements for when we're ready to release that because we got to make sure that you get you guys can't use it against us at a future date. <laughs> <laughs> Only sending out the bloopers that are appropriate. Um, but at any rate, yeah, we so support us on Patreon. We appreciate you guys, and this has been you know a really great podcast. We're looking forward to going through this whole cycle with y'all, watching these debates, seeing what happens in the elections, and just trying to keep everyone chill, keep the entropy down. This has been Entropy Pod Podcast. This is Brian and Aaron signing off. Peace. Love you. Love you lots.